Okay. Oh, I better press on because it says pressing forward. And um, we've been on a series pressing forward and uh, some great messages coming out of that. And I was pondering on it. Because last week I spoke about pressing into the kingdom of God. And this is kind of like a part two in a sense of that because when you press forward, there's a direction that you need to move into. And quite often we lose sight of the direction we should be going into. It's like Sharon alluded to, and I was going to show it, but I haven't got it on hand. There's a funny skit of Monty Python where it's, it's, it's the Olympic, well, it was a race for those that are clueless or have no sense of direction, right? And, and, and they made it go, oh, here we are today on the late one, we have so, 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 for the race of, for those that have no sense of direction, you know, and they're all keen, they're all ready to look at that in lane three, he's raring to go, and the gun, bang, and they all run off in different directions. And sometimes it's like that for us. We, we just don't go in the right direction. We just head in the wrong direction. You know, we have enough as it is in our world right now, different things that grab our attention, things that keep, you know, distracting us. I mean, I'm so over the stories of Megan and Harry. And, uh, <laughs> you know, little stories like that, you know, Megan and Harry, all the dramas, the royal family, and, you know, it's just crazy. And, uh, and then I was looking last night, uh, and according to the Washington Post on the 24th, the doomsday clock has hit 90 seconds to midnight. Woo! <laughs> <It's> <laughs> if you don't know what the doomsday clock is, what they predict by the world's, uh, uh, what's going on in the world right now, all the catastrophes and things and so forth. It's just full of fear and drama. But I tell you, there's another clock. There's a clock that's one minute to midnight of Jesus' return. And we've got to be ready for that return. That's what our eyes and focus is on. We're not scared about the stuff that they put out, but that's how they put people in a holding position because they keep putting these things before them, scaring them, and they can have their way. We need to have our focus on what God is doing and not the affairs of the world. As it says in 1 John 2.15, Do not love the world nor the things in the world. If anyone loves the world, the love of the Father is not in him. Because all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh... And the lust of the eyes and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of this world. And the world passes away and lust of it, but he who does the will of God abides forever. Whatever you focus on is what you're going to be drawn to. And that's why it's so important as we, as we, important why, as we press on that we are focused on the right things, that we are focused on the right path. You know, you're either on the into the things of this world or the things of the kingdom. You have one or the other. Jesus always broke it down into two simple factors. He made it very simple for us. He does, you know, when you go to a shop, like we were just getting a plant yesterday and, uh, from Mitre 10 and one of the, was it lavender? No, it wasn't lavender. A thyme. Um, I kept saying, Sharon, you, you getting a thyme? She goes, oh, it's uh, 11 o'clock. <laughs> but, uh, but I didn't know anything about plants. And uh, so we... There were so many, and you know, like there's a lemon time, a something else time, and this time, and that time, and I go, oh, I thought there was just one time. And, uh, <laughs> and, and, it, you know, and I said to the guy, you've given me too many options now, I'm confused, I just don't know what to do. And I think that's why Jesus keeps it very simple, gives you two options. And he puts it very simple in our pathway forward. Jesus narrowed it down to two positions, you're either for me or you're against me. There's no middle road. See, so everyone likes a third, well, I'll give me another option. No, there is no other option. Sorry, that's it. For or against. 
There's no in-between. But what if I'm a little bit for and a little bit against? No, it doesn't work that way. You play by God's rules. That's why it's important we press forward in the right direction. Because the pathway in life will tra- lead us to either the wrong destination or the right destination. There's only two destinations in, in the walk with God. But not all roads lead to God. You know, the, there's a saying, all roads lead to Rome. Have you heard that saying? All roads lead to Rome. And I learned what that saying was all about. It's because of the time all roads came out of Rome. So obviously they're all going to lead back to Rome. And some people got a kind of thinking in their life that whatever I do is going to lead to God and I'll be all good. And there's people that are searching all sorts of weird stuff in the spiritual realm, uh, thinking they're going to find God. But all roads do not lead to God. In life, Jesus teaches we travel on one of two roads. And on his Sermon on the Mount, Jesus spoke of these two ways. And I'm going to speak this scripture right now. If you've got your Bible with you, Matthew chapter 7, verse 13 and 14, we'll be pulling apart this morning, which says, Go through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate and broad is the way that leads to destruction, and many there are the way who go through it. Because narrow is the gate and constricted is the way which leads to life, there are few who find it. Let's just pray this morning. Heavenly Father, I just thank you for your word, for your truth. For it's your truth that sets us free. And if we do not have truth, we are bound. And God, this morning as we look at your word, we draw truth from that. We draw direction from that and correction. For God, your word teaches us, corrects us, trains us, teaches us all these things. And Father, I pray today as we look at your word, you'll speak to us clearly in the mighty name of Jesus. And all the people said, Amen. So here we see, it says, go through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, and broad is the way that leads to destruction. And many there are who go in that through it. Because narrow is the gate, and constricted is the way which leads to life, and there are few who find it. Each with its own beginning, each with its own end. One way is heavily populated, and the other is traveled by few. Are you pressing forward in the right direction this morning? There are two gates, it says. I'm going to break this down right now. It mentions two gates, two gates. We're presented with two gates. It's like, you've seen those uh, shows where like, will you take uh, door one or door two? What's behind door one or door two? It's almost kind of like that. There's a decision that you have to make. And on these shows, they often try to give them a hint. You know, so they give them a hint. Are you sure you want door number two? You sure? You know? Oh, yeah, are you sure? You know, they're trying to tell them, don't go door number two, because the prize is behind door number one. And yet we find in the Scriptures, Jesus tells us the very much the same. He tells us which door to go through. All through the Scriptures, there's only one description, one path, one gate to go through. He makes it very clear right from the beginning. Jesus up front makes it clear, the narrow gate, the narrow. The narrow gate represents the beginning or starting point to the way that leads to life. John 10, 9 says, I am the door. If anyone enters in by me, he shall be saved and shall go in and out and find pasture. Narrow sea means only one person at a time can get through. Have you ever thought about the whole analogy of narrow? Why is it narrow? Because you have to make a decision to go through it by yourself. You know, so many people live on their parents' faith, their friends' faith or whatever. But here, Jesus says, no, you enter through the narrow gate, you. Not like a whole gang of you at once. You have to individually make a decision for Christ. You have to individually make that decision and that stand no matter what. 
It's not about what's favourable, it's about what's right. And we need to enter in that gate. And it, you know, I, I kind of picture this gate of being so narrow, like squeezing through it, but you're determined. See, the whole thing is, it's not an easy road. People kind of, as I think, I can't remember, Sharon or Sharon said the other week, we are not on a cruise ship. We're on a battleship. Some of us think we're, you know, I've been watching that, that series, The Love Boat, too much. The love boats, da, 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 da. And, and this kind of thing, oh, yeah, the love boat. And, um, but Jesus makes it clear, it's, it's a battleship, ready for duty. Yes, sir. We're ready. We're in, we're in a battle mode. It's a complete different understanding. Narrow is a gate, no room to pass with your junk. How many people like carrying a lot of baggage? That's what Jesus wants to set you free, because you're carrying a lot of stuff that you shouldn't be carrying. You're carrying around like, you know, problems from the past, offenses, this and that and whatever. And you can't go through the gate with that. You have to strip off. You have to, like, it's, it's narrow. You've got to squeeze through. You can't bring those things with you. You have to leave them behind. You have to leave them there at the gate. No room for your old self. You know, when Paul said, no longer I that live, but Christ lives in me, he meant it. He's a changed man. From hunting down Christians to writing, you know, most of the New Testament. He was a changed man, and you too should be changed. There should be something changing. If you're not changed, if you're the same as when, like, before you're a Christian, there's a, there's a problem there because God is working on you. He's changing you, maybe slowly and at different rates for different people. I mean, some of us have been uh, on a different journey, so we have different circumstances. But there should be change taking place. As I said the other week, if you look back to last year, the beginning of last year, has anything changed in the, of, right through 2022 to where you are now? Have you changed in your walk with God? Has anything changed? Have you perhaps started praying more? Have you perhaps read the Word more? Have you started speaking out to people more? What has changed? See, when you go through this gate, you need to, it requires self-denial and obedience. Yeah, it's a decision-making time. People hate making decisions. I find that, you know. And, uh, and most, I know a lot of people don't like making decisions. I won't mention any names. But <laughs> people go, oh, I don't know. And I said, well, don't you know? It's this or that, like two options. Which one? People are scared to make the option because they think they may be wrong. And look, and that may be the case in some circumstances. But when it comes to the word of God, he tells you the right answer to follow. You don't make the wrong mistake if you follow Jesus. You don't make the wrong decision when you follow his word. You could have confidence, say, for it is written, as Jesus did to the devil in the wilderness and said, it is written, devil. And when we've got that confidence, we start to see things move, start to change. Jesus said in Luke 13, 24, strive to enter in the narrow gate. Strive means to really work. You know, it's not like just easy, you know, <laughs> cruise in. It's a strive because it's going to take effort, it's going to take work. It says, strive to enter in at the narrow gate, for I say to you, many will seek to enter in and shall not be able to. So we have the narrow gate. Let's, what's the alternative? The wide gate. The wide gate. Everybody can fit through. Like, Come on, everyone. You know, try. It's like going to the football. Everyone just charges through those turnstiles. There's lots of room for everyone to get through, and nobody even thinks about anybody else. We're just, uh, you know, we're going to see the footy, and that's it. Get a meat pie on the way. And... Um, Different kind of understand. For it says, go through the narrow gate. Then it says, for wide is the gate. 
you know, the wide gate allows many to enter in with no sacrifice whatsoever. It's so easy to go through the wide gate. It is so easy. It does not require giving up anything. You don't have to give anything. You can just do what you like. One is allowed to bring along all my baggage. I bring everything with me. It's the gate's wide. Let's just bring it all in. But bringing all that in, nothing changes. Nothing changes until something changes. And when you go through that wide gate with all your baggage, you are not transformed uh, into a new creation, what the Bible wants. You are still like in that place of death. You're still in that place of holding position where God wants to get you out of. You know, in this wide gate, it's chosen by a lot of people. That's why you've got a lot of people that, you know, kick up when there's any, uh, what we're seeing right now, attack on the world is through, sorry, the world is attacking a lot of Christians in the world right now, and they have done for a long, long time. When I saw statistics of those who have sacrificed for their faith, you're talking in the hundreds of thousands around the world, being killed and thrown in prison just for their belief in Jesus. But you see, if you don't believe in it, it's so easy, you can just go through a wide gate, no problems, don't care, because that's the world's view. It's the path of least resistance. Do what you want. You know, this this crazy thing, a concept that people get into. I've heard non-Christians go, oh, I don't know if I'll get to heaven or hell. I don't really care. I heard hell's a good place, all the drugs and drink and da da da. I go, man, you're being lied to. Who told you that? Probably the devil. And do you know the devil's the father of all lies? You can't believe a word he says. So why would you want that rather than trusting what God's word says? You know, hell is not doing, you know, if you've ever heard the stories of people who have gone to hell and back, there's a book called To Hell and Back by uh, Morris Rawlins. He was a cardiologist, heart specialist. And I remember reading in this book, it really kind of went, wow, this is, this is, this is powerful. He, he came to Christ through experiences that happened on the operating table. And there was one particular one he said that really stuck with him and the nurses one day when this person went into a cardiac arrest and uh, died on the table. They raced, got the paddles, kaboosh, and he comes alive. And the guy, as soon as he was conscious, he starts screaming, and then he dies again, kaboosh. This happened a few times. And, he, and one of the occasions where they got him back up, he's screaming, get me out of here, I'm in hell, get me out of here, and he died. And they could not bring him back. People have told me how God has given them experience to see what hell is like. It's not a pretty place. People burn in, in hell for, for eternity. And uh, we've got to get people to understand this is real. This is real. This is not a little fairy story or a cartoon. This is real. But this is what the wide gate is all about, trying to draw the masses in, into that direction of hell. The gate, um, so the gate represents the beginning to the way that leads to destruction in this case. It's the gateway to destruction. So you have a choice to step in there. Nobody's going to force you. You know what? Nobody forces you. It's your choice. You can't get into uh, hell and say, I, but it wasn't my fault. So, you know, I didn't get the decision. Yes, you did. Jesus said he would make it clear to everybody. You have an opportunity. And if you don't take that opportunity, you've made your decision. Because there are two gates, but there are also two ways, it says. There's the broad way and, uh, that leads, sorry, there's the broad way. The broad way is the way that leads to destruction. And some people travel on this. So they go through the wide gate and then they, lead, they leave, sorry, live a life on the broad way 
which leads to destruction. Because on this pathway, it's so wide, you can go anywhere you like. Anything you want to do, you can do on this, this wide road. And people do that. That's why they're so attracted to it. I can be what I like. I was watching a young girl, like, yesterday we were in the shop. I said, look at that girl over there. She looked like only an attacker, about 12 or so. But she was doing her hair like this, selfie time with the fruit and veg behind her. You know, and I thought, this is unbelievable. You know, her whole world is about how she looks. And I thought, that's so sad. You're missing the real life. See, the pathway, the broad way, leads to destruction because you will destruct yourself. Any behavior, you can do any behavior you like. No need for changes, one's lifestyle, you can do whatever you like. This is why people deny God because. When they, if they so acknowledge there is a God, that means I've got to change. That means that requires something of me. That means, I've, oh, let's just pretend he's not there, and then I can do what I like. That's, that's the uh, sin of the flesh in operation. In fact, if anyone knows, uh, in the, uh, was it 70s? I think it was, no, 60s, might have been. There was the first church, satanic church set up in America in Los Angeles by a guy called Anton LaVey. Anton LaVey's main slogan was, thou shalt do as thou wilt be the whole of the law. So that's what Satanism teaches. You can do whatever you like, whatever you feel like. And that leads to destruction. But we're not people of destruction, we're people of life. Many people love this path. They think they are free. They believe they are open-minded. Proverbs 16.25 says this, There is a way that seems right to a man, but the end of it is the ways of death. People get sucked in. They think, oh, this is great. I'm free. I can do what I like. And this is what we're experiencing right now in our world. I've got freedom, my body, my choice, my everything. I can do whatever I like. It's about me, 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 me. Man, that leads to destruction. And we're already seeing that. But then it says, uh, because narrow is the gate and constricted is the way which leads to life. So the way to life is constricted. That means there's disciplines. There's things you don't do. There's things that you want to, you know, your sinful nature wants to do, but you go, no, I don't want to. I'm disciplined because I'm heading on a journey to life. And I know where that, that's the life I want. Constricted is from a word in the Greek called uh, I'm not very good at Greek. <laughs> not very good at English, actually. But anyway. uh, Thalibo, I think it's called. Thalibo. Which means to press as great, press hard upon a compression, uh, a narrow, straightening, contrict. There's a whole load of words they use here. Um, it can also mean to trouble, afflict, distress. So when it's talking about constriction, it's like being pressed. Yeah, there's so much pressure on you to, to walk this pathway. It's constricted to you and your movement and whatever. But it's not constricted where it's no fun. I found the Christian life is so much fun. It is so good to know that there's God with you. In fact, to give you a greater understanding of that word constricted, uh, thlebo, thlebo breaks into another word called thlepsis. Oh, why can't the Greek speak English? Um, <laughs> Philippus is where we get our word tribulation. And uh, it comes from this word the word tribulation, when you see that in the Bible, it comes from uh, this word phlebo and uh, from the word philippus, and it means uh, tribulation. It's like in old English law, if someone had done something wrong, I was just reading in this commentary, it explains it. If someone would not confess what they've done, 
they'd put weights on their chest until they confess that they didn't, they just get squashed. And it's that compression that he's talking about, constricted. You will feel constricted. You may have people in your workplace that don't like you. You may have people at your school that may not like you. Your neighbor may not like you. And, that, and sometimes that's hard for some people. Like, I like to be liked. I don't like it when people don't like me. They, they like to be liked. But you go say, you know, that doesn't change you. You still be nice to people, but you're going to find not everyone's going to like you. They go, oh, that Christian guy, you know. Isn't it funny? I always pick on the Christians. I don't seem to pick on any other religious people so much. See, the way that leads to life is difficult because it requires a change in our behavior. Like I said, disciplines. That's why we're making disciples. Jesus said, go out into the world and make disciples, which the word comes from the word disciplines. Disciplines. We have dis- godly disciplines. We become a disciple. You can't do it any other way. It's about dying to self, living a life for Jesus. As I said before, Paul said, no longer I that live. That's the change that takes place when you give your life to Jesus. It's like, no longer I, God, it's, it's, it's you. You're alive in me. I'm looking at things differently. I am changed by your word. I'm changed by those things. So we have the two gates. We have the two paths. And then there are two groups of people in this, in this scripture. There is what's deemed the many. It says, and the many there are who go through it, the road to destruction. And it says there are those who take care of themselves, being a popular and turn their back on God. <clears throat> Sorry, I read that wrong then. And those that are only care about themselves. You know those people that care about themselves? It's all about me. There's the many just think about me, just about me. That's, yeah, I'll go into a song on that one. Uh, <laughs> they make up their own rules. They believe that what they want. They do what they want. This is the way travel, people travel by default. By our sinful nature, we travel a in the sense of about ourselves. But when you come to Christ, it's no longer about you. It's about him. It's always been about him anyway. It's always been about Jesus. And when we understand, the quicker we understand, the quicker we move on in the pathway of God that leads to life. You know, and then there's the other group called the few. There's the many, and then there's the few. People here today, you are the few. The many of the world are traveling the wrong path. They are leading to destruction. But those that receive Christ are called the few. For it says there are few who find the the pathway to life. You know, we see illustrations in the Bible when the floods came in the Old Testament. Noah built an ark. You know, out of the millions that may have been, they don't know exactly numbers. But there was only eight saved, the few. The many out there were laughing and, and, yeah, he's an idiot. Because they hadn't seen rain at that time. So they go, what? What are you building a boat in here for? There's, there's no rain coming. There's just, there's no water's going to come up from anywhere. You're a madman. And they must have thought he was a madman. Must have even probably heckled him from afar, heckled him closely. All this, and he would have had all this abuse and all this sort of stuff thrown at him. But he knew he was one of the few. He heard God. He heard God. Where the many were just partying, doing all these things, far away from God. But he heard the voice of God. He became the few with his family, and they were saved. And then there are two destinations. One that leads to destruction. Broad is the way that leads to destruction, it says, which is hell, total separation from God. And then there's life, life. It says, because narrow is the gate and constricted is the way that leads to life, there are few who find it. 
So we have seen that Jesus describes two gates, two ways, two groups, and two destinations. But you know what? There is only one choice. There is only one choice that leads to life. And you may be one that has traveled like I'm on the, the narrow constricted road and all of a sudden you jump over the wide because suddenly that looks a bit fun. I'll just take a detour for a moment. Or you may have found yourself, I'm on this wide road and I know it's wrong. I want to get back to God. I want to get on the right, right path. You may be like that. Well, guess what? There's a thing called a GPS, God positioning uh, system. God, God can position you right with Him. You know when you program, like you can go to Google sometimes, I'm looking up distances, and it will give you, a, you can have the written form, like I've turned left at the first corner, see a sip and save, turn right, <laughs> and, and you go through a whole pathway of instructions. There's the written way, and then there's the voice that speaks to you. You know God works the same. He has the written form. That is His Word, the Bible, and He has the Holy Spirit that speaks to you. You know, and his voice isn't annoying like some of the ones I have. Tan right, the next time, <laughs> feel like thrown out the window. Um, but it's a small, still voice. The Holy Spirit just speaks to you. Don't do that. Don't go there. You know, it's just those small voices. That's God's positioning system, trying to put you online to that narrow road that he's put before you, that narrow path so you'll lead to life. Because God wants everybody on that path. But he knows the reality is, the heart of man is desperately wicked and sinful and will choose that which isn't right. Finally, Jesus said this in John 14, 6. I am the way, the truth, and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. He is the door. He is the way. He is the direction to life. You cannot get there any other way. Unfortunately, there's people out there chasing all sorts of weird things, different gods and experiences, new age movements, and who knows what's going on. But there is only one way. I said to someone recently that hasn't found Christ yet, I said, my stand is this, there is only one truth. Oh, no, 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 there's your truth and my truth. I said, no, 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 there's truth and there's your opinion. Opinion and truth, they're two different things. But you can't have... You have a truth, you have a truth, you have a truth, and it will be different. That's not truth. Truth is an absolute, and Jesus is an absolute. The truth, the way, and the life. I am the way, Jesus said. I am the truth and the life. So if you are seeking the way, how do I find this narrow? Well, Jesus is the way. The truth and the life. I want to give you this morning an opportunity to start that traveling on that right road with Jesus through a simple prayer. And I just want everyone in this auditorium right now to close your eyes, bow your head. Jesus made it pretty clear there's two roads, even though sometimes we think there's more. There isn't. You're on one or the other. Jesus said, you're for me or you're against me. And I wonder where you stand this morning. Are you totally in for Him or totally out, not knowing Him? God's heart and His love is so much towards each one of us that He wants everyone to be saved, that none should perish. But He understands that you have to make that decision. He can't make that for you. And this morning in this place, if you've never given your life to Jesus, 
You don't know what it's like to be forgiven of your sins, to be set free, to be have the confidence of knowing that you're going to heaven, eternal life. If you've never done that, if you've never made a decision for Jesus, or perhaps you once did and you've wandered off onto that wide road and you need to come back again this morning, I want to pray for you, but I need to know who that is. So wherever you are, with your head bowed, eye closed, yes, I see that hand, just raise your hands wherever you are, and we're just going to pray for you. I'm going to pray. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Lord. Just allow the Holy Spirit to speak to you. God's not in a rush. He'll wait forever for you to a degree. But there's going to be a time when it's all over and you won't be able to make decisions anymore. Choose whom this day you serve, says the Lord. That means today. You've got a decision to make today. Not tomorrow, not next week, but right now. after me. Dear Lord Jesus, I ask you to forgive me. I believe you died on the cross to pay for my sin and that you rose again from the dead. I receive you now as my Lord and Saviour and invite you to come into my life. I thank you now. greatest prayer you could ever make. It's a life-changing prayer. And with that prayer, you know that you've moved from the wide road that leads to destruction to the narrow, constricted way that leads to life. You're right on the right path as you follow that, as you live in that moment. Remember, it's disciplines. Get into the Word of God. Find out who He is. Get your position in right before Him. Start following Him in a whole new way. It's not in a religious way like many people interview people on the streets and they say, oh yeah, yeah, I believe there's a God there. Well, the devil believes there's a God there too, but that's not going to help him. And you need to understand it's about giving your life to him. And each one of us need to be uh, aware of that and live out of that place. Work out your salvation with fear and trembling, the word says. So each day is a new day. Am I in line with you today, God? Forgive me of my sin today, God. Every day, because we all make mistakes. We all upset not over when you make a mistake. I sense there's been some people here that have made mistakes that they think that God could never forgive them. And I'm telling you this morning, God can forgive you. God wants to forgive you. He wants you to be set free. He doesn't want to be held with that burden and that pain any longer. It's time to be free. And that's why we had that opportunity earlier to come out before Jesus, call out the name of Jesus. Jesus knows how hard it is for you because He came as a man to this earth and He also had to face the same things we did. He knows what it's like. He got worse. He ended up being crucified on a cross. Let me just pray as we close. Heavenly Father, I thank you today for those that raised their hands and I thank you for those that God you've been speaking to during this service about being on the right path. Father, I thank you that you always reach out to us when we need to have an ear to hear of what you are saying to us. And this morning, God, I pray each one will leave with a whole new understanding of who you are and what we're called to do. Father, I just thank you and I pray this morning too, God, 
and by your Holy Spirit, that we will hear and be tuned into the voice of the Holy Spirit, that we walk each day with the Holy Spirit. We wake up in the morning, good morning, Holy Spirit. We listen to that voice as he guides us through our day, shows us and teaches us and guides us. Father, we thank you for that. You've not left us alone, but you've given us the Spirit of God that travels with us. We just give you all the praise and all in the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. Amen. 